0: A podcast for artists to grow and learn the real truth of being a creative entrepreneur. The Vero Podcast, hosted by Kelly Berry. Okay, guys. Well, here we are with another amazing podcast. We have the fabulous Elizabeth Gopal on with East Made Co. And for those of you that don't know, she is actually going to be styling this year's um, we're going to Europe so we're gonna be going to France and she's going to be the lead stylist so we're so excited to have you on
1: Yes hi Kelly thank you so much I'm I'm thrilled I'm so excited to be recording and um, yeah excited for for France as well I know I know it's gonna we'll talk all about that but I want people
0: for those of you that don't know her which I'm sure it's not that many of you. Um, she is a huge staple and grown her business into this amazing brand. And I want to tell, I want to tell everyone about how your business blossomed and, um, also about inspiration and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I started Eastmade, um, kind of late 2015. Um, so I had one wedding that fall and then, um, really kind of got things rolling the next year um, and honestly when I started it the look of things that I was doing was so different than it is now. <laughs> um, it was definitely more, you know, boho and I was kind of a, a little all over the place. Like I couldn't decide if I wanted to be more preppy or more clean or more elegant, kind of European feel. Um and so, you know, my first styled shoot was um you know, definitely boho and there was a lot of like mustard yellow and geometric yes. um, copper shapes and things like that. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So fun. If, if you look back like in the archives of uh, Google, you could probably find some pictures from it. It was, I think it was on green wedding shoes, but yeah, it was, um, it was very different. And then so really right after that styled shoot, it was, it was a great shoot to kind of get kicked off with because it actually booked me a lot of weddings for the following fall. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a useful style shoot to do because a bunch of brides um, saw that work and they were like, Hey, I want my wedding to look like that. So can I work with you on this? But, um, then I got to that next fall of 2016 and I realized, I don't know if I want to have all of my weddings look like this and like look all the same because all of them wanted the same stuff. And so, you know, I kind of, started transforming how I was designing things and like my other shoots even earlier that year in 2016 um, and I sort of just found that everything I was choosing and all the design decisions that I made were leaning towards a certain aesthetic Um, Mm -hmm. and it was funny because at first I didn't I because I was in it like I couldn't really see what that was and so people would start telling me oh man you know I'm really starting to be able to recognize your style and I'd be like, oh, um, can you tell me what that is? Because Yeah. <laughs> like, I I couldn't see it yet. Um, I think just because I was in it. But then, yes. you know, it, it just takes a while. I feel like it took me, you know, definitely over a year to really hone in on uh, kind of, you know, what I wanted to show. And um, once I figured that out, I feel like things kind of fell into place pretty quickly. And, um, you know, I was able to just sort of ride from there which was which has been really awesome yes
0: for sure for sure and I I know we've talked about this but I love you know looking back on old things and things that I did you know when I first started my career and it just makes me cringe a little bit, but it also <laughs> makes me really proud because mm-hmm. I'm like, those are the stepping stones that kind of led me to where I am now and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. So it's um it's always fun to look back on, but it does make you uh
1: like just kinda chuckle I guess. Oh, just yeah. kinda laugh a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I think I mean I even think about flat lifestyling like the first um, invitation suite. I remember I got to that style shoot and the photographer was like, okay, um, style this now. And I was like, Oh, oh. um, wh- I, what, uh, that, like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I remember in that first shoot, like, you know, the photographer really guided me so much and I'm so thankful for that, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, you know now I'd never show up like not having an idea for oh I know oh I
0: know for (laughs) sure and it's funny because that takes me back to a memory when I like shot my very first wedding I just was so green Mm -hmm. I mean so green I really knew nothing about weddings because I I went I have a fine art degree so we did a lot of like gallery shows and like that kind of stuff so the commercial world was so foreign to me and I just remember this woman like walking up to me and being like asking me something that I had no idea what the answer was and (laughs) I don't remember what the question was but I was like a deer in
1: headlights oh yeah oh my god oh yeah (laughs) what am I doing Totally, yeah. At my first wedding, I tried to please everyone. Like I, I yeah. now we're much more focused on the couple and kind of the VIPs, like the parents and things like that. Yes, um, for sure. But I remember the, my first wedding I ever did. I was so nervous that like somebody was going to need something and it would be my fault if it wasn't done.
0: So right. I was going
1: around to everyone like, "Are you okay? What do you like during setup?" And I really had to be setting up decor, but instead I was asking everyone else like hey, what's up? How's it going? What do you need? And I remember I got stuck like trying to build some kind of kid's water gun. For I'm not even kidding. Like this, yeah, it was this random uncle or something. He was like, oh, we can't figure this out. Can you do it? And I was like, no, I uh, can't do this. Like, I, I don't have a baby screwdriver on me. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I need to be putting police cards out. Like, why am I building a water gun? <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, I like, love you it. You learn from the beginning. It's just oh. so funny. Oh.
0: 110%. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's so great to look back and laugh at. It's just so yeah. great. Yes. Um so something that I had discovered about you following you on Instagram is that you are a very passionate and talented musician. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I think is so cool because I think in the creative industry it's so nice like I feel like if you're a very creative person, your creativity kind of shines in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. So I think that is just so cool that you have that outlet.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I started. Um, well, I play viola and I play a bit of violin too. But uh, my husband is really a violinist, so he's like the good violinist, better than me. <laughs> and then I'm That's the so violin. cool. Um, Yeah. So, so I started playing, um, when I was nine years old, I was in fourth grade and, um, actually at my school we had to take an instrument, um, or we had to sing. And I remember I, I liked the viola. I really liked the cello, but my dad said it was too big. Um, and so (laughs) then I I kind of settled on the viola, but nobody else in my class played viola. So I was the only one and they had to like recruit other kids to play. And, um, I, it, I just really took to it. I mean, my parents kind of realized, you know, they invested in music lessons from the get-go, um, and they really nurtured that, and they kind of saw that I was just sort of naturally um, talented at it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so then I kept it up, and um, I actually have two degrees in viola performance. Um, from, you know. So from cool. Yeah, so – that was really the track that I was on. Um, and I was playing in professional orchestras also on the East coast, like Richmond symphony, Baltimore symphony, um, you know, freelance work and things like that. Um, and I had, I had always been interested in weddings. Like I was always the one out of my friend group who was just really into weddings for some reason. Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. always, watch wedding shows on TV and mm-hmm. every time anyone got married, you know, they'd ask me for advice and things like that. And, um, I, I started a wedding music group right after I got out of grad school. Um, and so we were playing, this is going to sound nuts, but we were playing around a hundred weddings a year with oh, the music group. My God. Um, <laughs> but a lot of it, I mean, I wasn't playing all of them myself. It was, I was kind of a contractor of that group. And so, I knew all of these musicians in the D.C. and Maryland area. So um, we were booking so many weddings. Like this area is just so popular um, for weddings. And so, you know, we were doing that for four or five years, I guess, before I started Eastmade. Um, And actually then I – so again, I was like on this music track and I was playing in orchestras and taking auditions. Um, And I was starting to realize that people who – had spent so many years playing in orchestras, like people who were, you know, devoting their whole career life, like 30, 40 years to playing in an orchestra, a lot of those people were kind of burned out. And mm-hmm. they were kind of, um, you know, uninspired. And I started kind of absorbing that vibe from them, which I didn't mm-hmm. really like. <laughs> and I did right. feeling that way because you know, naturally, like I'm a pretty upbeat, happy person. I like to be creative. I like to feel inspired. And I was starting to kind of, feel this sort of like dragged down feeling yeah um, I bet because there's a lot I think there's a lot of uh, monotony in orchestral playing there's a lot of like wonderful moments in it too There's so many great things I could go on and on about this obviously forever but yeah <laughs> you're passionate about it I love it yeah long story short um I kind of started feeling that way and then actually I got a playing injury so I had to take a little bit of time off from playing and I just started thinking oh my gosh what am I going to do if I'm getting injured when I'm in my late twenties, you know, how am I going to stay in a playing career when I'm in my forties or even fifties, you know? Right. Um, and so taking that time off is actually what gave me the time to start East Um, because I thought, okay, well, I have a lot of experience in weddings. Um, this is something I've always thought about doing and you know, we've, we've been behind the scenes at all these weddings. Why, why can't I just start? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I kind
1: of started and I emailed all of our, um, the brides that we were working with for music, I emailed them and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm starting this new business. I don't know if any of you need a just a day of coordinator. You know, I'm happy to kind of start small. And a few of them got back to me and they said, Hey, you know, obviously you're really organized because you're running a couple businesses. So we'd love mm-hmm. to do it. Um that's, so that's awesome. Yeah, Kinda of how things really got started and then you know, I mean, you book a few weddings that way. And as soon as you get positive reviews and good feedback, um, you know, the word just kind of spreads and you're able to, um, you know, work with more weddings, work with more couples.
0: So Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, you know, people, I don't know, I feel like with with attendees that come to the workshops and stuff and the webinars and all that kind of those kinds of things. I mean, I think they underestimate the value of reviews
1: Mm -hmm. and,
0: um, you know, having good client experience is just so important. And, um, so that's, that's amazing. I think that's so cool. What, I mean, I just think that's so. Obviously, your injury healed. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> so, so once that, once you healed, you just kind of decided, like, okay, I'm just gonna go full into weddings.
1: Yeah, that's what was so funny was that, um, you know, I again, it was like a few months that I kind of took off of music, and so then I started Eastmade, and once Eastmade really got started, it just things just got so busy, and things escalated so quickly, um, and I loved it. I was so happy to just run my own business and have, mm-hmm. you know, creative control and, you know, have control of my schedule and, you know, things like that. Um, and so I kind of just, you know, I still played music and I still, you know, I can still take a week off of anything and go right like down to Richmond and like play from, the yeah. from there. Um, but you know, I just kind of never looked back because I really liked you know, having my own business and design and everything like, that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I mean, it was interesting, because just doing that career change, there was definitely, like, I don't want to say guilt, but there was definitely, um, I kind of felt weird about it at first, like, going mm. back to my music peers, and even my music teachers and telling them, you know, hey, I've decided to become a wedding planner now, because I didn't want them to think, you know, oh, well, you know, she's selling out or, right. oh, well, she wasn't good enough to win a full-time orchestra job. So she's, you know, decided to quit. Um, you know, I never wanted to be looked at as like a quitter. Um, right. but luckily for me, my parents, my husband, you know, both of our families, they were so encouraging. Um, when I decided to explore this different career and, um, they saw, you know, how much I loved it and how it was really working out. And so, you know, they were, they were really happy to see me happy. So I think that's what, you know, was ultimately yeah. like the most fulfilling. So that's, that's yeah. incredible. I mean,
0: <laughs> and having the support of your family and your husband is just priceless. I mean, oh, really, it's just, it's a game changer for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um, something I know I, I, I obviously this is the Vero podcast, so we talk about the workshop a little bit, but I have a lot of students that come and they really struggle with creativity and inspiration. Mm -hmm. I've had one specifically on my, um, fine art catalyst webinar that just really, it just, they just really struggle with it. So I would love, is that something that you've ever felt like that you struggled with or have you always felt like you could really draw inspiration from a lot of different things?
1: That's such a good question. I mean, it's funny because when I first started, I had so many ideas, and I was like, "Oh, I'm mm-hmm. never gonna get you know uninspired, and I'm always <laughs> gonna have all these ideas." Because at the beginning, I had like this wealth of ideas, and then I kind of did them all. And so now, at this point, a few years in, I would say at the end of a season, I just feel done. Yes. <laughs> um, oh my like gosh. Last year. Um, I just worked the whole year. And so yeah. our last wedding was December 8th. And right after that, I just said to myself, okay, I need at least two or three weeks to just not think about anything. Right. And, um, you know, I'm doing a bunch of projects this year and in the spring. And so I had, you know, different photographers texting me like over the winter and, um, saying, Hey, you know, do you want to start brainstorming for this, this, and this? And I just texted back, no, I, I need time. I'm not ready. <laughs> no. Please leave me alone. Like, I can't Please, it. no. <laughs> So, yeah, I think there's always seasons where you can feel that way because there's a lot of burnout, I think, with being Oh, for sure. Person. You know, it's really hard also to generate new, fresh ideas mm-hmm.
0: because
1: so many things have been done. So some oh yeah, we're doing now are like a mimic of things that we've done and seen before. Um, right. So I feel like that's really challenging. Um, and, you know, taking that time off every year is – I think so important. And then when you're ready to kind of get back into it, um, for me, you know, it's not enough to just like go on Pinterest and look at, um, you know, styled shoots or weddings that have been done before. Right. Um, I really like to, to be honest, like I used to do that a lot when I first started because I kind of wanted to know, you know, what other people would, were doing and kind of where my work fell into, um, the overall grand scheme of things in the wedding industry. Yeah. Yeah. These days, I really don't do that a lot unless I'm making a mood board for something. Um, and I just need images to like convey an idea that I have. So mm-hmm. I would say now, um, I really try to ignore what other people are doing and not look yeah. at it. yeah. Um, And also find inspiration from so many other places like, you know, art museums or different cities and architecture, um, nature, like walking outside, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to appreciate really small things. Um, and for me too, even visiting different stores, um, guilty pleasure. I've always liked shopping. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. So even going to different stores that I find are inspiring especially with their decor um so places I don't know like restoration hardware every time I go in there I'm like oh man I should really start using charcoal in all my weddings it's the coolest (laughs) color like look at these chandeliers you know um things like that Um, I love it (laughs) just kind of general things like that or you know Even listening to music, like not only modern music, but I would say, you know, if you find yourself like a huge country music fan, um, try listening to classical music, like put on some jazz, put on some world music, like pick out something, go find a French singer and listen to that and just Mm -hmm. try to imagine yourself like in that world. Um, I feel like there are so many different places and ways to draw inspiration, Um, even literature, like poetry, um, opera you know, going to a concert, there's so many artistic places to look to, um, you know, fashion, I can go on and on. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. But I I totally. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. No, really. But like drawing inspiration, there's so many different things. Um, antique stores too. Like that's another thing I love to go antiquing. I love to see, um, you know, different like lithographs if I can find things like that or like vintage maps or, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's Yes. Lots I love
0: of- it. Yeah. I love it because I mean I feel like when you're a creative person, I feel like the those kind of things just come natural to you and I feel like I've I've dealt and I don't know if you have in I mean you've done so much education as well. So I don't know if you've come across people that also kind of struggle with being creative and they're in a creative field. Mm-hmm. And you know, for sometimes it's it's a challenge for me to Kind of guide them because I feel like it's something that I don't want to say either you have it or you don't, but I feel like it's hard for me to give guidance to someone that really struggles with it because, um, you know, we could list, we could sit here and list things and inspire us all day long. Mm -hmm. I mean, but as far as how that resonates with somebody else, I mean, I, in my fine art, in my one of my webinars, I give like specific homework to kind of pull out creativity from people whether it's like a two-dimensional design project or like um, a lighting assignment or things like that that just to kind of like get people thinking outside of the box Mm -hmm. and it's it's just sometimes it's just a really big challenge for people so and I always find that it's um yeah, it's it's just like a certain personality, but I mean not to say that their work isn't beautiful because it always is. Mm-hmm. And but it's just hard for me to kind of um connect with them on a way to kind of guide them and in, in the best way to find inspiration. And I think that's just something that it's like a muscle. You just kind of have to like be open to it mm-hmm. and um you know, kind of allow that inspiration to talk to you and connect with you.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I would say too. I mean, it can I think it can be overwhelming because, you know, again, like I was just listing out all of these different creative inspiration, the things that you can, you know, be inspired by. But I mean, it, it, all it takes is picking one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can design a whole shoot around one piece of fabric. Like it doesn't take, you know, all like I wouldn't design a shoot and say, oh, I'm going to draw inspiration from opera and poetry and Mm -hmm. art and like this painter and da, da, da. Um, you know, all it takes is one thing to be inspired by. Um, and I see this a lot in our clients too. Like I I would say, um, about half of the couples that, that we work with actually are, they live in New York or they have some kind of New York, um, connection. I think Mm -hmm. it's just the style there that, that kind of resonates with the work that we do. And then, um, you know, whenever I work with couples that are not as visual, Um, like, doctors, lawyers, um, you know, people who are just very, um, like, methodical in their thinking. Right, right, yeah. You know, I mean, and they appreciate that, like, they fully admit, you know, like, hey, I am not going to be able to design a wedding. That's why I'm hiring you. Um, Right. And so, you know, you're showing them kind of your creative ideas. And sometimes I worry that, I always kind of brace them. I'm, you know, I say, I hope my ideas aren't too crazy for you. Hopefully it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and usually they always appreciate things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I know kind of from working from peop- working with people like that too, um, it's, it's tough, I think, to get that across. But again, all it takes is one item. And I would say with photographers too, even in posing, like I can tell, you know, when I look at a photographer's work, if I'm kind of stepping out, you know, who I want to approach for something, whether it's wedding mm-hmm. or an editorial or what, um, I look really closely at their posing of couples, of brides, mm-hmm. of models, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I would, I would urge photographers to even just try one new pose that's different, you know, or out of the box, something they haven't done before, uh, yeah. because it's so easy, especially in weddings, to just go from one post to the next, and you've done them all before, And, um, you know, if, if I see a pose that's a little more editorial or a little more fashion forward, um, that really is eye catching to me. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, when I look at a photographer's work, I say to myself, Ooh, this person's experimental. I want to, I want this, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. 110%.
0: And I think wedding photographers, I guess, it's, it's such an interesting field because I feel like there's so many, I feel like, photo- I guess photography in general, but I feel like wedding photography specifically, and I talk about this a lot, um, but I feel like the artistry is kind of started to, I don't want to say started to, but I feel like it's, it's the artistry in wedding photography is kind of taking a backseat, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's not as creative. And I... I guess I was talking. I mean, it's all relative because I was talking to my grandmother literally yesterday. About she she listens to the podcast, Aww. and she was um was she listened to Laura Gordon's uh, podcast interview? And we were talking about you know being creative and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I just feel like wedding photography is so creative these days. And you know, I feel like when I got married or when your mom got married, it was so like you stand here, you do this, and this is what you know. This is what you do. And to an extent, yes, I agree with that. But on the other extent, I feel like there are people that get into this industry thinking that it's just a means to make money, Mm -hmm. a means to have a flexible schedule, and um, to be able to be at home during the week with your kids or, you know, your whatever. And I feel like they don't focus on the um, creative side of it as much Mm -hmm. and I feel like and labeling yourself as an artist I think in my opinion is is a big deal because that's really what you are and I mean that's what we all are I mean and I feel like it kind of puts you in the right mindset and it allows you to kind of approach your job in a more um, creative and I guess assertive way. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I feel like for some reason, a lot of the creatives that I'm running into really have a hard time labeling themselves as an artist. Have you ever ran into that?
1: Um, yes. (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, even with myself, it took me a while to really have that title of like wedding designer, wedding stylist, um, Mm -hmm. wedding planner was an easy title. I felt like I, you know, that's, that's fine. I feel like really almost anybody could be a wedding planner. It takes organizational skills, you know, but being a wedding designer, wedding stylist, those were titles that came later. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's almost, I I feel like it's almost like a mental game. Um, it's almost this kind of fake it till you make it game. And so like if I'm working with a photographer, but they're not totally sure of themselves yet, or they don't totally feel, you know, 100% comfortable with film or whatever it is, or posing, mm-hmm. the thing is, I don't want to know <laughs> That's in their mind, you know, like they, you know, it's kind of like, fake it till you make it. I have a friend once who um, he had just gotten into medical school, and he was going to med school at Hopkins. So I mean, it's like this big, you know, great medical school program. And mm-hmm. um he said to me, like after the first couple weeks, he was like, Honestly, I don't know if I can keep up. Like these kids are so smart. I don't know if I should really be here. You know, I started wearing glasses because they made me look smarter and they just have <laughs> like clear glass in them, but I'm just gonna keep faking it until I really feel like I can do it and until I Yeah. And I said, You know what? If fake glasses are the way for you to mentally feel like you are worthy to be there, then power to you. Like (laughs) it's kind of, you know, I mean, you kind of just have to, again, it's this mental game. Like you're the only one keeping yourself from that title of an artist. Um, you know, because if you tell someone, this is my job, but we create artistic images, we create artistry, thus I am an artist. Um, you know, why would anyone not believe that? Right. It's all it's kind of just all in your head really. Yeah. It's funny that you
0: talk about it's all in you know, it's such a mental game because I think so much I mean, I feel like life in general, but I feel like so much of this industry is such a mind game and mm-hmm. it's just all about where your mindset is. And I feel like that flows into our next question so perfectly. And because I always talk about you know, comparison is a thief of joy. And I know that I feel like, especially when I first got started, you know, I was comparing myself and I would get so down about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it would just really get in, get in, I would just be so in my head about it. And so is that something that you have ever struggled with?
1: You know, it's interesting because I used to struggle with that a lot as a musician. Um, Like, you know, taking auditions, you would be basically warming up for a chance to play for an orchestral committee. Um, You know, you play for these people for like five minutes. They either say, okay, great, on to the next round, or they say, thank you, you can go home. (laughs) And a lot of times for those situations, you'd be warming up in a room right next to someone else playing the exact same material that you're playing um, next to someone else, next to someone else. And, you know, hundreds of people are vying for this same spot and same job. So I kind of learned through situations like that to sort of keep blinders on, Mm -hmm. um, because so many, it's, it's really hard sometimes. I know that it's hard. I think in every field it's hard. Like you think about athletes or, you know, anyone like competing for a job opportunity. Um, but the fact is that you, you have to stay in your own lane. You have to only think about yourself because you are the only person who is going to like, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you're the only person who's going to determine your own work and, right. you know, yield your own product. Like as a musician, you know, you're the only one who's on that stage. You're, you know, you're not standing there with your competitor. Your competitor not playing the audition for you, things like that. Um, you know, I would say in the wedding industry, I'm the only one, you know, running my business. I'm designing mm-hmm. my own work. Um, you know, I'm forging my own path. And so I feel like, you know, when I got into the wedding business, it was my second career, right? Mm-hmm. So I never really had this mentality of like, oh, I have all these competitors and like, I have to be the best because I realized pretty quickly that I had my own style and I really yeah. couldn't my style to anyone else's because no one else was designing things exactly like me. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, you know, I can always look up to people, like people who have been, you know, in the industry for 10 years or more, you know, I look up to them as like, wow, they're so inspiring to me. I hope one day I can be like that and mm-hmm. book the wedding. Um, but for myself, you know, I was kind of, you know, I felt strongly about determining my own Um, brand, my own style. I really just, I don't look at other planners work very often. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think with photography, it's probably a lot harder to do that because there are so many photographers out there. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, even at workshops that I've styled for and taught at, um, one thing that I've realized is that, you know, this is a huge part of it is comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. And with photography again there's so many photographers it's hard to stay in your own lane um but at the same time you have you're so unique like each person is unique they have their own voice um it's it's always interesting to me because not all attendees at workshops will share their galleries with me afterwards and I really encourage them to I love when they share galleries because each attendee they can be shooting with the exact same equipment, but their galleries always look different. Mm-hmm. And so that's the main thing that I try to get people to realize um, at photography workshops is that you have your own voice. Like, you're going to take a portrait different, differently than anyone else, you know? Absolutely, and 110%. So, yeah, I think, like, having that trust in your own work and valuing yourself and your voice in your own work um, is kind of the main... I think the main way to, to avoid comparison, but it's also, again, just like mentally telling yourself, you know what? Don't even look. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Absolutely. Not worth Stay in my own lane, do my own thing, keep yeah. my head down, just work as hard as I can. Um, yeah. And that brings you, that can bring you a lot of success.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I know being, you know, on that side of being um, so, just in your head about you know your insecurities and where you are and comparison and all those things and looking at other people i mean i think i love social media i i mean i not just like social media but i love just i i've been watching like i don't know if you're a netflix or not but i've been watching like all of these documentaries that they have on social media oh and it's so fascinating to me how influential it is, and mm-hmm. um, how powerful it is, and and how it's um, can really just either be a really positive thing in someone's life or be a really negative thing in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you're coming at it from a business perspective, um, you know, not even just you know from a personal perspective, but coming from at it coming at it from a business perspective. I know that. I had a really hard time with it. And I had, um, I felt like that my style was always just different. And I'd never like, you know, kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode, you know, when people started saying, you know, well, oh, I'm scrolling, scrolling through Instagram. And I, I, I could tell that this was your photo
1: mm-hmm. without
0: even looking at who it was. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's a great compliment. And I'm, you know, so thankful, but like, why, like, Mm -hmm. why, why is that? You know, like what, you know, kind of like what we were just saying, you know, like, I would love for you to break that down for me just kind of like talk about that and uh, let's get coffee and like break that down. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and so I, I really felt like, um, you know, when I was looking at other people and when I was comparing my work to other people that I admired or looked up to, I always felt it was very different. And it like, it almost just like really deterred like I always loved what I produced but I was like it just doesn't look like you know mm-hmm. like Jose Villa or Laura Gordon or you know all of these amazing creatives that I looked up to and I'm like I'm like that's a bad thing like I need to I need to just do whatever they're doing and just you know and and it was so it was a horrible mentality is what I'm trying to say and once I finally let that go and I was like, I'm just going to embrace this artist that's inside of me and be cool with it and, you know, run with it. It wasn't until I really fully appreciated all that social media and just the comparison game had to offer because I was confident in what I was doing and I was secure in what I was doing. And I think, again, talking about mindset and talking about where you are mentally, that has a huge, huge Um, impact on on your all of those things so um, so yeah I just it's I know it's tough and I know that I talk to a lot of people that struggle with it and um, you know sometimes like people can't even pinpoint what it is they're unhappy with like or what it is they don't like in their business or you know any of those things so it's it's just it's tough I mean this industry is not for the faint of heart for sure Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) but um you know I think being a creative in general putting yourself out there is a very vulnerable place to be but I 100% agree with you you know you just got to put your blinders on and put your head down and just do what you love and do you know what what you
1: know sets your soul on fire. Yeah, and I mean again like in any industry, I mean there are people have written books about this, you know, like like I said before you look at olympic athletes mm-hmm. or you know swimmers, like think about a swimmer and they're swimming alongside all these people and they sometimes peek over to the next lane to see if someone's ahead of them or if someone's behind yeah. them. But you know, you're swimming for yourself. You're, you know, someone's not going to jump in your lane and swim for you. So, you know, you have to forge your own path. And I think that's another thing that I've seen before at workshops too, is, you know, sometimes it's, I feel like people are so eager to get to what they think is the top Mm -hmm. and get to that high level that they don't like want to put the work in. Yeah. Getting there. Um, right. you know, I see that a lot too. Oh yeah, like if I had started, same thing with you know setting your prices. Like if I had started in year one and said, okay, I'm going to charge ten thousand dollars for a wedding, and then if I booked a wedding that had a six figure budget, I would have been in way over my head. I didn't know how to manage that kind of budget at that time. Um, Hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Yes, so I agree.
1: And doing good work for that client, um, and it would have been. Like, what's the point, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel like every business is a growing curve. And yes, some people grow faster than others. Some people take more time to figure things out. Some photographers I've met are real conniving, not conniving, but like real, you know, methodical business people Yes, in the sense that they really, you know, originally they are business people. They are money driven. And they're thinking about, you know, how can I market my business to yield me the most income. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that has never been my priority just because I feel like I really don't need that much money to live happily. Right, right. <laughs> Um, like I also, you know, I don't have kids yet. You know, we like, we just don't have crazy expenses. We live yeah. simply. Um, and so, you know, I think if you can get yourself to that point where you're not totally money focused and you're in it more for the art, Um, And you're kind of just thinking a little more about yourself. Like, what Mm -hmm. can I, you know, add, what do I want to do for myself? Like, what do I want to design for myself? What do I want to shoot for myself? Um, What are the images that I want to create that people are going to frame and put on their walls because they're so artistic and beautiful? Right. Um. Yeah, it's, it's almost like being selfish in a way, but in a good
0: way. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, so many things that you've said today have reminded me about the book Big Magic. Have you ever read that?
1: No, I'll try that. Oh, again. my
0: God. You have got to read it. It is so, so good. <laughs> so many things that you have said today, like, have, have reminded me of Elizabeth Gilbert's um, book Big Magic. And I got that for... Um, All my attendees, I got them that book for there as a thank you gift, Um, and it is so good. So she talks about how, you know, putting pressure on your creativity and being, um, you know, quitting, like she didn't, you know, she wrote all these really great books and was this um, New York Times best-selling author and she had it, still had a full-time job because she didn't want to put pressure on her creativity that way because she felt like it was just going to be crippling. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's just, you have got to read it. You would love it so okay. much.
1: awesome. Um, I just wrote it down, so I will. <laughs> yes,
0: it's good. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's... it's, And my mm-hmm. mom talks about this all the time. She's an entrepreneur as well. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so I've learned a lot from her, but she... You know, there have been times in my career where, you know, you've hit the low lows and, um, and you know, she has always said, she's like, when you, you – know, of course you've heard, you know, desperate people do desperate things. And I think when you start putting um, – you know, dollar signs on your creativity or your business, or, um, and you start getting desperate for, mm. um, for income, for, for, you know, the next big thing or any, I mean, whatever it is, whatever you're desperate for. I mean, that's never a good place to be anyway. Um, but people get there and they do things that are most of the time irreversible and things that they wouldn't normally do in a headspace of just, you know, keeping it simple and not being so I mean again in your head and um driven driven for the wrong reasons so Mm -hmm. um it's just always something that and I mean I know like we've talked about you've um had a lot of education experiences in dealing with other photographers and creatives and um yeah there's just there's just those people that have a tendency to go that route and um are a little more cutthroat and I obviously encourage you not to be that way. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> well, but it's interesting too. I mean, each year that I've been in the industry, I mean, I learn more and more myself too about, of course. Um, yeah, you, know, you kind of learn like, Oh, who's going to be competitive with you and Oh, who's going to, you know, be more um, kind of along that money driven side of things. And yeah, I think absolutely. it's all about striking a balance like this, you know, I'm not saying, you know, hippy dippy, like, Oh, I'm just an artist and I don't care. Oh girl. I I know I mean, what you're saying. Still, my job. Like I still it's want still to Still a business. Job. Yeah. And so, I mean, this year I've been really all about like charging your worth and making enough money for the projects that you're doing and, you know, trying to think about quality over quantity, um, in terms of bookings and things like that. But it's also, you know, Yeah. Yeah. If you're totally money driven, it doesn't, it's not always like. (laughs) No. (laughs) And and that's always the most fun thing. Yeah.
0: No. And it just puts a bad taste in everyone's mouth that you're, Mm -hmm. you come in contact with. And not only that, but I mean, you can't be creative in that mindset. I mean, in my opinion, and I feel like I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, I'm not saying either that, um, you know, I'm, like you said, hippy dippy and like everyone's here for, (laughs) you know, like peace and world peace and we're all going to get along and everything's going to be great because at the end of the day, you know, this is how we make a living. And I feel like if you feel that there's somebody in your life or there's someone that approaches you and you feel that not that they're a threat, but you just get that vibe from them that they're really just there to take from you there's no reason that you need to have them in your life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. that's that's definitely. I don't want anyone to think that we're just like you know world peacemakers or anything because that's, that's definitely part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. But um, absolutely. So I was. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so. We talk obviously. We talk a lot about creativity and inspiration and all those things. So, one of the things that we talk about um, in my one of my webinars is shooting personal work, and it's such a shocking number of people that don't shoot personal work. Whether you're a stylist, whether you're a planner, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a florist, whatever you are, and I it's so crazy to me how many creatives don't shoot personal work. So. Mm-hmm. And I know that you shoot, I know that you do shoot a lot of personal work. So do you have any, um, like, what are your thoughts on that in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, because a lot of times at the end of the fall, um, my close photographer friends will text me and be like, oh, my God, I need to do a project. That's not a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I think it's so fulfilling and important to, to shoot editorials and, you know, shoot things that, that you want to shoot that haven't been totally decided upon and maybe planned by someone else. Um, you know, even if that means as a photographer, like designing your own editorial, Ah. um, you know, designing your own flat lays, like experimenting a little bit with your style um, yeah, I feel like it's so important because especially with editorial shooting, um, I really like to play a strong part in not only designing editorials, but also guiding them the day of. So like posing the models, um, you know, exploring different poses, really like working with soft their hands to make them kind of soft and delicate and, you know, kind of. Doing different poses than what you would have on a typical wedding day to mm-hmm. be a little bit more like fashion forward and editorial inspired. Um, so, for me, those images are always some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, too. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'll say it anyway. So, it's interesting always on Instagram because like all of the images that I post of editorial content get more engagement. Oh, than yeah. Wedding images. A hundred percent every time, and it can Always. be like the most beautiful wedding image ever with like a model bride, and she's in this designer dress, and da da da, and still editorial images, and also for me flat lays. I think my audience on Instagram really likes um, flat lays, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons why they follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, you know, editorial shoots. I try to share a lot of those images in addition to weddings, just because. I feel like they really attract the style of the client that I really want to work with. Yes. Um, so, you know, and it's also, you just have a little more control, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just a little more kind of pushing the, um, pushing the line a little bit more mm-hmm. than weddings. So, yeah. 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 Well, and I think you have obviously a
0: lot more creative control when you do your own editorials and, I think it's it's an intimidating thing for a lot of people, and um, I would love for you to come on my webinar and talk about this because this is something that uh, is such a big such a big talking point, and I just think that it's it's such a it's a time for you to grow, and it's a time for you to learn new things, and mm-hmm. it's a time for you to try things that you're not going to be able to try on a wedding day, and you know, going back to, you know, just the engagement on social media, I mean, I think there's a mixture of reasons why that is. I think that, again, like, we all love the luxury and the, I don't want to say the
1: false reality, but like, perfection. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, but (laughs) perfect. So you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, almost that unattainable, I mean, beauty and, um, but I mean, that's like, what I talk about so much in that webinar is that that's what like really draws not a, I mean draws in your audience tries and draws in your clients I mean of course you got to throw some like some good wedding images in there of course because you have to be good at that too mm-hmm. but um you know I just think it's people like seeing you know you stretch your creative mind and what you can create and what you can do and mm-hmm. I think not doing that as an artist or as a photographer, whatever whatever vendor you are is just doing yourself such a disservice.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it goes back also to thinking about who your ideal client is. Um, like for Eastmade, my ideal client, you know, is fashion forward. like she mm-hmm. my bride is gonna invest in designer shoes. She's gonna wear a designer gown. She's gonna wear, a wedding dress that maybe is not your typical like lace a-line like perfect dress like some obviously some of our clients do wear those and they're gorgeous but some of our clients also wear um dresses that have like a cool surprise ruffle in the back or like some Mm -hmm. fashion forward detail that you're like oh wow look at that that's different you know yeah um and so they're looking at kind of this like modern chic um elegant vibe and that's that's the client that I want to appeal to. And so editorials Mm -hmm. are a great way for me to really show some of my brides like, Hey, I know this isn't a real wedding, but at the same time, this is what we're capable of doing. Right. Um, This is the potential that we can, you know, design for you.
0: Absolutely. 110%.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: I think, um, you know, going into talking about wedding vendors, um, I feel like you have. I mean, obviously, I think that you have a pretty strong. So you've been in business for since 2015. You said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So, um, so you have worked with a good amount of wedding vendors, and, um, you know, they say a man is only as strong as his weakest link. And so, how do you go about like finding creative teams for to collaborate on editorials or weddings or um, anything that you have coming up.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that is something that I think took me a little while to really um, develop that sort of skill <laughs> to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not gonna lie. Some of my early shoots, um, you know, the cake showed up and it like didn't go with anything and everybody has stories like this oh my gosh (laughs) yes I have plenty (laughs) yeah so um and you know when stuff like that happened I would always go back and think okay well did I not explain well enough like what the style of this was like you know should I just have hired a different or like have worked with a different vendor or you know is it my fault for not like being more um detailed in what I was asking for right I feel like with building a vendor team I really think stylistically and these days honestly I'm so picky about everyone it's like right it sounds kind of I'm like kind of a crazy person about it but um you also sort of have to be because yes I feel like with an editorial um or even with a wedding like I don't especially with an editorial I don't want to work with a calligrapher and and tell them like okay, well, for the invitation, I need, like, an A7 card, and it's going to be oh, Lord. ripped edge, and you're going to write in walnut calligraphy, and I want, like, a scroll here, and then I want to just show them the mood board, the vibe of the shoot, um, you know, tell them maybe if I, if I have a couple ideas, like, oh, maybe we could do, you know, a cool crest, but that's really, you know, the main idea that I have, you mm-hmm. know are going to really pull through for you if they understand and if they are, if they have similar style to you and to what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't usually use the same vendor team for every editorial either. Like if I'm designing something that is clean and minimal and kind of French looking, um, I might choose a different florist or a different calligrapher than I, even photographer than I would mm-hmm. think that is like super luxe and over the top. Right. Because I want to look at their portfolios as vendors and make sure that whatever I'm designing would fit into the style of their work. Um, and so that's the same with like every workshop that I design, I really like dig into the photo- the lead photographers um, mm-hmm. Leo, and kind of make sure that what I'm designing is something that they'll want to share. Yeah. Um, and so, absolutely. Yeah. So I think really like when I look at vendors to consider for any team that I'm building, um, I want to like, like 99% of their work. Like I want to go on their page and feel inspired and mm-hmm. feel like, Ooh, they're doing new stuff. Like they're right. creating new things. Um, and so that's going to bring something fresh to my shoot. Um, Absolutely. yeah. Like I don't want to have, you know, a vendor who is, of just recreating other people's things and they're not just mm-hmm. new and like they're not really thinking for themselves um so yeah I think it's more about like curating the style of mm-hmm. the you're working with and finding those vendors who um you know you resonate with their style they resonate with yours they understand what you're going for um and they can kind of play ideas off of you too like my favorite thing especially at an editorial is when the whole vendor team can be there so yes Like myself, the photographer, obviously, um, hair and makeup, florist. I love when all those people are on site for the whole editorial. Right. Because they will want different images of their work. Um, And they'll, you know, the hair and makeup person will like switch up the look or the florist will want like a different Bouquet pose that maybe I haven't thought of, right? Yeah, so it just you know having that team effort and team collaboration is so important, and it elevates the overall work to be so much higher. Oh yeah, so,
0: I hundred percent agree. Yeah, hundred percent agree. So I think that that really kind of moves in, which I'm so excited to talk about. Um, t- uh, to move into our. Uh, Vero, France, which is going to be so fun. Um, I know that we're in the very beginning stages of planning and all that good stuff, so we don't have a ton of stuff to spill to you guys, but... (laughs) We know that um, it's definitely going to be in France. And obviously, Elizabeth is going to be with us. And she's already sending me things and um, getting me so excited and inspired. And so this will be the first time that we've worked together. So I'm so pumped. But as far as, you know, just to kind of give people um, and inside, like what, what could, what could from previous workshops, obviously, but what do you, could you expect? Oh, I'm like so tongue twisted. Oh my God. I like <laughs> getting it out. <laughs> You're just so excited. I know there's like so much I want to say. Okay. Um, so what can the attendees expect when, um, coming to Vero France?
1: Um, I would say, well, I and of, what are you excited for? Oh my gosh, everything. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I I really love France. Um, France is one of my favorite countries. So, um, you know, depending on kind of the location that we wind up choosing,
0: yeah, um,
1: I would definitely be inspired by that location. Normally, I, I kind of wait to see what the exact location is going to be before I start designing something. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know... For, for me, when I go to France, I really am always just inspired by a few things. So one is definitely architecture that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, even just walking around a city like Paris and seeing all the buildings and seeing, you know, the river and just everything. Even how their stores are designed. Talking about shopping again. <laughs> yes. But things like, you know, you walk into their stores there um, and, you know, it's just so easy to feel inspired and to kind of feel like, Oh my gosh, they have such a cultivated style. Yes. Um, So, you know, I think thinking about just the architecture, there, kind of that ambiance of, of French life. And, um, just also how, I don't know, one thing I actually really like doing, hopefully this doesn't sound creepy because I know that other people do this too, but I'm so pumped now I'm in Paris. I love riding the Metro and like, people watching and just looking at people and especially like looking at young women in Paris. This is where it sounds creepy, but I don't mean this in a creepy way. I mean, just like looking at them and their fashion. It's yes. like when you go into what are those fashion magazines that are like street style? Like here's what this girl was. Watching, oh yeah. You know, right. For, right. Um, Like I love looking at just how people do their hair and wear their makeup and what they wear and every time i visit any city in europe i always am like oh man i should have brought like this item of clothing that everyone here is wearing but i didn't realize it and i left it at home right um, <laughs> like i always go there and i feel like people are so much cooler than me and oh my gosh. i want to like absorb it somehow and just turn into them and be more like them but yes there's something about like women living in france who have this effortless chic um style, like this very cool aura about them. Um, so I think, you know, and, and it's interesting because a lot of that is sort of minimal and then it's kind of juxtaposed with these big fashion houses that are in France. And so I think with our workshop, I would love to kind of juxtapose like sort of that effortless, like maybe undone hair or something like that, but then Mm -hmm. having this like very high end fashion, um, gown or something like that. So just kind of merging that like effortless style with high fashion. Um, but also keeping it kind of, you know, dreamy and ethereal, um, and film oriented and, you know, like,
0: yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I'm, I just, Everything you do, I just think is so beautiful. So I'm so excited Thank to you. do okay. this. Thank yes, you. it's going to be, inc- it's going to be incredible. And so I know you've done a lot of workshops. So I just would love to close out this episode on kind of just your, how you feel about continuing education and how, um, how important it is, or maybe you don't think it's important. Maybe you should, just nobody should come to the workshop. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> you're um, like it's okay i guess oh my gosh no everyone should come to the workshop um i think i think that it's really important just because um i mean it you can never stop learning like whether i feel this way with teaching with getting inspired with things you know the industry is always changing and things are mm. always evolving and like even in the arts you know not only in the wedding industry but also looking at you know music and art and um Really, you know, fashion, especially, yeah, um, so I think you know you can really never stop absorbing things and never stop learning and um you know one cool thing at workshops is not only meeting new other like photographers who are you know following along their own journey, but also you know kind of networking and meeting different professionals too, absolutely uh, and you know networking with those people and um, meeting them and kind of introducing them to your work. I think that's a huge deal with workshops. Yes. Um, and sometimes 110%. I feel like attendees don't even make the most of it. They kind of like, you know, they're at the workshop and then you leave and then they don't really um, right. follow up. And I right. like, I love to see attendees work afterwards. I love to kind of follow them and see what they're doing and, um, you know, see if we could work together in the future too. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, It's it's always, you know, attending a workshop is always a great opportunity to kind of network with more vendors and build your your own network too. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, today has been great. We've had a few hiccups, but you know what? We <laughs> we were very graceful about it. So, all is good, but I I'm, I'm just so thankful to have you on today and pick your brain about all these things and talk about your life and your business and your brand and I'm just um, very appreciative. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you, Kelly. It was so fun. Obviously, I could talk on and on forever. Um. Oh, I feel like I could too. I mean,
0: honestly, better. I feel like that's worse or that's better than, you know, you know, not being able to put your words together, which sometimes I can't. So it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, that's okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for France. And um, yes. yeah, I think, uh, you know, Obviously everyone should come because it's gonna yeah. be an insanely amazing trip and experience. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm so
0: excited. Will you enjoy your weekend?
1: Too. And you too. um,
0: you know, if it rains or snows or we just gotta take whatever uh yeah, God gives us. So it's like crazy. Oh God. All right, girl. Well, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right, bye. bye. bye.